The Oklahoma Sooners will beat the Texas Longhorns because on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on every podcast platform and on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on the KRF Sports app. Josh, the question that is on everybody's mind Will the Oklahoma Sooners beat the Texas Longhorns? We're here to tell you how it can happen, why it will happen. Josh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Oklahoma's got the better quarterback in this football game. That That's why they're going to go win this thing between Dylan Gabriel and Quinn Ewers. Again, it, painting a picture for why Oklahoma's going to win this thing, but Quinn Ewers, obviously the higher draft prospect a likely first round pick if you believe what you see in the early 2024 mocks, but that doesn't matter for the red river game. Get out of here with that nonsense. It's not about who's the better NFL prospect. It's about who's the better college quarterback right now. And, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers for his part, John, I mean, you look at the, the numbers for him. He's obviously been really, really good. Uh, 1400 yards, basically 1358, 66% uh, completions, 10 touchdowns, one interception. So he's had a good season, right? Very, very efficient. Uh, I would say, you know, for me watching better than a season ago, just, just watching what he was a year ago to what he is now, the way he directs things, he's improved. And yet Dylan Gabriel has really elevated his play, John. So the, the accuracy, the command with which Dylan Gabriel is playing with, if Oklahoma's winning this football game, they're winning it because Dylan Gabriel was better of the two. I really like that reasoning. I do think Dylan Gabriel is playing the best football of his career right now. I was watching back some of the Iowa State game, and in that first quarter, man, he was locked in. And the thing that really jumped off the page to me or jumped off the tape, not the tape, jumped off the screen, is that he's a faster player than what I remember a year ago. He's got so much more burst when he decides to run that like there was one, I think he gained like 15 yards, got him down to you know the 10 yard line or so. And I mean, he was out of the pocket, past the first down marker, and inside the 10 in like a split second. And it took just like a shoestring tackle in order to trip him up before going into the end zone. It was just impressive. And I think that's just a sign of all of the offseason work that he's put in to improve his game. And it's showing not just in the running game, but all throughout every facet of his game. And I'm with you, man. I think Dylan Gabriel is the better quarterback going into this one. One reason I think Oklahoma is going to win this game is the fast starts that Oklahoma's had. They have jumped on teams early on and been able to kind of coast to a lot of these wins, whether it was, the Tulsa win, you know, the SMU thing. I mean, they got up early and there was what 14, six for a lot of that game. And then SMU brought it into within, sorry, 14, three. And then SMU brought it into 14, 11, and then Oklahoma peel, uh, pulled away late. Uh, but whether it's Arkansas state or Tulsa or 
Cincinnati or uh, most recently against Iowa State, the offense was just clicking out of the gate. Well, the Texas Longhorns, that's not necessarily been the case this season. You know, you can go back to the Kansas game. It was, you know, a 13-7 game at halftime. You can look at Baylor. I mean, it was 7-3 after the first quarter. Texas used a big second quarter to pull away in that one. What about Wyoming? It was 10-7 at halftime. Wyoming made it a 10-10 game in the third quarter before Texas ultimately pulled away. Uh, In the Alabama win, it was 13-6 at half. Against Rice, it was just 16-3. So Texas has been a slow starter this season where I think Oklahoma has started a little bit quicker and gotten off to better starts, been a little bit more consistent out of the gate and been able to kind of hold the, hold the fort through the middle quarters of the game. And then when things got a little bit tighter late in the game, they showed the propensity to be able to pull away, whether it was against SMU or against Cincinnati, they were able to kind of impose their will on both sides of the ball and do enough offensively. And then when the game got a little bit tighter, the offense did what it needed to do late in the game to secure the win. So I just, I like what Oklahoma is doing in the first quarter of games. And I think that's going to kind of take Texas by storm a little bit, both on, on both sides of the ball where Texas will probably have to be in a little bit of catch up mode. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an interesting reasoning that you're going through. And, and I would say for Texas's behalf, they've closed really well, right? Like yeah, absolutely two sides of the coin, obviously. And, you know, you look at, Texas again, you know, in a, in a lot of those games, you got to give them credit for, yeah, the, the way that they've went and finished it and, and on the road at Alabama. And oh, by the way, the the second quarter, if we're tossing just a first half into the equation, not just a, a first quarter at Baylor, but that second quarter, you know, obviously versus Baylor was was pretty impressive for Texas. That would be the the start fast game for the Longhorns. But I'm with you for Oklahoma. It's a it's a reasonable thought, and I think that that's going to have to be a part of the equation for the Sooners if they're going to win this game. We talked about that in our last last episode that just given the psychology of this game coming out of last season, how Texas feels coming in, how Oklahoma feels coming in, okay, how much does it matter? I'm willing to entertain a, a discussion that it matters a lot or it matters very, very little, right? I mean, it's probably going to matter based on what happens in this individual game yet you're going to feel better if you get off to a fast start for Oklahoma and that at least, you know, erases those, those mental issues you could run into those mental hurdles. You could run into where it just snowballs again on you. So yeah, starting fast is something Oklahoma's done and probably they, they need to do in this game. The wide receivers collectively for Oklahoma. I mean, it's, it's gotta be that right. The wide receivers for OU are what we hope they would be and probably you can make an argument a little bit better than that. The the depth of Oklahoma's receivers. Texas has got some really good skill guys, John. That's not to say that OU skill guys are better than Texas's skill guys. I don't know that necessarily that's the case, but uh, Oklahoma has a lot of skill guys at wide receiver that they can feel really, really good about coming into this game. And again, the quarterback that we talked about in Dylan Gabriel that's playing his best football with Andrew Anthony and Farouk and Anderson and Gibson and on and on and on that he can go attack you with the uh, offensive toys for Oklahoma. They're, they've got more depth there than a season ago. And I think you like your matchup against Texas's defense and Texas's secondary with your wide receiver group. And you, I mean, if you're kind of splitting the difference, you think, okay, I've got the better wide receiver group than Texas has defensive back. And then 
you know, yes, Texas has a great group of skill players, but I feel better about our defensive secondary and linebacker core that's going to be able to, to contain that a little bit better than what it was last year. So you kind of, if you're putting it all on the, on the sheet and you're trying to stack up, who's got the, the edge there. Okay. Maybe Texas has got the edge with their wide receivers against your defensive backs, but you feel better about your defensive back situation than maybe Texas might against your wide receiver situation. So I, I think there is something to be said for that. We got several more reasons why we think Oklahoma can beat Texas. And, and Hey, I've been saying Oklahoma is going to beat Texas for months now, and I'm not backing down from that. We'll talk more about that after the break. FanDuel, it's time to get after it, ladies and gents. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. Wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. Or maybe you're feeling a little spicy about the, well, the Red River shootout where Oklahoma's getting six and a half. Last we looked at the FanDuel Sportsbook, maybe you've got a feeling that this thing is uh, staying above or below right now, over-under. Uh, I think 60 and a half, right, is the latest point total that uh, we've gotten this thing in terms of the over-under. Maybe you've got a strong feeling right there. I'm probably, I'm probably talking more myself into the under in this game right now, but uh, I'm going to allow myself a couple more days to wrap my uh, final thoughts together for it. But FanDuel.com slash on where you can get in on the action. FanDuel, again, an official partner of the NFL. Josh, I'll hit you with one of mine. Now, you can look at Pro Football Focus's grading system, and yes, there's some, some subjectivity that goes into how they evaluate teams and how they play games and things like that. Well, Oklahoma, they have the highest, the higher graded offense compared to Texas and the higher graded defense. According to pro football focus, the Oklahoma Sooners have the number two defense in the country. Now, again, they're a top three scoring defense and a, what a top five scoring offense this season. And I, maybe it's even a top three scoring offense. I think just behind USC and Oregon, that says a lot. Now you can talk about level of competition and who all they've played, but Oklahoma's straight up dominated in three of the five games that they played. And still they covered the spread in all five games. They're five and zero, oh, even those close games, quote unquote, close games against SMU and Cincinnati. There was a 17 point win over SMU and a two touchdown win over Cincinnati on the road. So very impressive wins for Oklahoma. Again, the higher graded offense compared to Texas and the higher graded defense compared to Texas, according to pro football focus. And again, those guys are watching the film. They're watching the tape. They're seeing how these games are, are playing out, providing their grades as they watch. And so I like where Oklahoma's at heading into this game. They still have a lot to prove. And I think the, the win over Iowa state, it still showed some mental miscues that they have to tighten up. And I think what Brent Venables is doing right now, I feel like he's playing every card just right, getting this team ready to go. You know, they're not ignoring what happened last year, but they're also talking about how this year's a whole different year. And I think we can see that with this team. It's a completely different team than what was on the field a year ago. Some of the same faces. I mean, Danny Stutzman was here. Woody Washington was here. 
Billy Bowman, Key Lawrence, Isaiah Code, Jordan Kelly, Jonah Laula, Ethan Downs, Reggie Grimes, Marcus. Str I can keep going on and on and on and on with this defense. A lot of the same faces, but they're playing completely different football right now. No, it's it's true. And look, Texas has, of course, the best win out of either team, right? Yeah. And they've played the the better schedule, though the the Kansas game. It's kind of tough to evaluate that one, obviously, because. Jalen Daniels doesn't play in the game, though that might even still minus Jalen Daniels, John, be the second best win of uh, of the two teams this season. I mean, that's that'd be a, a reasonable argument I think you could make. Having said that, I mean, look, you, you can't totally grade out Oklahoma because of the schedule, but the efficiency numbers say what the efficiency numbers say, and the efficiency numbers say that Oklahoma both offensively and defensively is vastly improved this season, and it bears out, uh, obviously, in the scoring offensive and defensive numbers as well, where you were right, by the way, Oklahoma right now, number three scoring offense, and obviously uh, tied second with Ohio State in terms of scoring defense. So I'm with you. I mean, you got to prove it. You got to prove it this week versus Texas that the efficiency, the pro football focus numbers, they don't lie in that uh, just the overall beaten up on uh, the cupcakes that were given to you, that that doesn't lie either, that there's a reason that you're putting those types of numbers up and you're capable of backing it up when you play somebody uh, like Texas. But I would just generically say Texas is Texas is getting beat by Oklahoma because OU's the better defense in this game, right? <laughs> and I, I take it one step further and say, does Oklahoma have the best player in the game individually in Danny Stutzman right now? They very much, they very might, very well might. Sorry, my voice is going on me. And so Fighting. also is my vocabulary. They very well might. Danny Stutzman is playing fantastic football, but I think a lot of guys on this defense are playing really, really good football, whether it's Billy Bowman or Key Lawrence, aside from those little mental miscues a week ago, uh, Gentry Williams, the dude has got four tackles for loss at the cornerback spot. That is a great number. Ethan Downs, he's leading the team in pressures. Having a quietly good season. I know we're all about that Adapoja Adabaware, and we're trying to get more our Mason Thomas on the field. But Ethan Downs is having a better season than what he did a year ago. Uh, Jonah Laula, the, the transition to defensive tackle has been phenomenal for him. He's tied for second in pressures. He's been a problem on the interior for interior offensive linemen. Uh, you know, we're seeing the Jaron Kanak breakthrough or Kanak breakthrough. Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis are playing good ball. Woody Washington's playing the best ball of his career. Same for Key Lawrence. I mean, a lot of these defensive guys are playing really, really impactful football. Not just playing good, but they're making an impact on the game when they're out there. They're creating turnovers. They're creating tackles for loss. They're creating pressure. It's splash plays, and that's the stuff that's going to win you a football game, not just you know holding up or not just get uh, not allowing the big play. You know, it's making the the splash play that works out as a negative play for your opposition. It's putting Texas behind the chains with a tackle for loss or a batted ball or forcing an incompletion where now they're having to throw from second and 10. It's that kind of stuff that's impacting the game in a broader scale than just what goes on the stat sheet and the scorebook. I mean, look at the defensive line rotation. It, you have no player playing more than 33% of the snaps this season. They have a heavy rotation going on that's keeping everybody fresh and allowing them all to impact the game in their own way. It doesn't always show up on the stat sheet with huge numbers, but these guys are doing their job and it's helping Oklahoma have a really, really good run defense. So I think there's 
good reason. Danny Stutzman included, and this is a guy that's probably of everybody that was a part of this game last year. That's a part of this game this year is probably the one that's going to be the most impactful and the most locked in to making sure there's not a repeat of last year. And the Oklahoma Sooners put out a really good defensive effort. Yeah. And to some of those points, I would just add to it that even though beginning of Iowa state wasn't entirely encouraging in this regard, I do still think that Oklahoma, again, as you touched on has the, the run defense to put, Texas in spots where they want them, right? In predictable situations to where you're good enough bottling up Jonathan Brooks that you force Quinn Ewers and that Texas offense the same way that Texas wants to do that to you in your run game, you're good enough defensively to to Texas to force them into those third and medium or longers to where you know, okay, Quinn Ewers is dropping back, he's throwing, and uh, oh, by the way, you've got the cover guys now on the outside that you can trust to go line up with Xavier Worthy with Adonai Mitchell. We'll see about uh, Sanders. That'll be that'll be a tough one, but you even you even like your chances there just because across the board you've obviously uh, upgraded your coverages. And then the ability of Brent Venables. Though OU John this season has not been good, not been good enough at generating pressure without uh, obviously bringing Stutzman on a blitz or you name it on a blitz. Brent Venables is good enough to dial up the proper blitz if he gets you in predictable situations. So if he gets you third long, he's coming after you, Quinn, yours, and he's going to find you. Yeah, so much of this game will be about how well Oklahoma tackles because when they do send the blitz, Quinn Ewers is going to look to get it out quick to his hot read, and Oklahoma is going to have to tackle. And they've been a really good tackling team this year. Not that they're not missing tackles here and there, but they're a better team tackling unit this year. Man, I cannot wait to do our big locked on crossover for crossover Thursday with our man, Jonathan Davis of locked on Longhorns. Uh, we'll do that for our Thursday episode, but Oklahoma's got a commitment from the 2026 class all of a sudden. So we'll talk about that after the break. If you're heading down to Dallas for the Red River shootout, it might be a little bit toasty inside the Cotton Bowl. It generally is, even though it's October and it's happy fall, y'all, it's still hot on that you know second Saturday in October. So you might want to go to birddogs.com, get you some cool, comfortable shorts that are going to make you look good and feel good when you're out there at the State Fair in Texas and you're getting your corn dogs, you're getting your beer, you're getting your fried Twinkies, whatever it is, you're baking in the hot sun. You're going to want to feel good and look good at the same time. So go to birddogs.com, use promo code locked on college, and you can get a free water bottle with every purchase. Uh, the bird dogs, they use that knit uh, khaki short. It has got a, a slimmer fit through the thigh and a leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton because they fix that issue with a cloud knit fabric that just looks like or looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. 
Boomer, the Oklahoma Sooners picked up another commitment, this time in the 2026 uh, recruiting class with a commitment of four-star running back Jonathan Hatton out of the San Antonio area. He is a top 80 prospect across the board, whether you're looking at on three or two, four, seven sports or rivals, a consensus four-star prospect and a top 10 player in the state of Texas, top five running back in the nation for the cycle. This dude has been only on Oklahoma's radar since about June when he attended one of Brent Venable's camps, got an offer, came back at the end of July for a visit, and then was in Norman over the weekend to see Oklahoma lay the smack down on Iowa State 50 to 20. Commits today, or sorry, on Tuesday as we record this. Josh, I really, really like what I see out of him based just what he just based just on what he did as a freshman in high school. Yeah, this is uh, just crazy that uh, somebody is has picked up these types of offers. It, it, just for, for a reference point, beyond uh, Oklahoma, you've got an offer here from Baylor, from Houston, from Nebraska, from Texas Tech, and, and obviously there's smaller schools involved as well with uh, Jonathan Hatton Jr., but the Steel High School product out of Texas, I mean, those are major offers for somebody that young. So that tells me that uh, Oklahoma and DeMarco Murray, listen, DeMarco Murray doesn't need to sell me on a running backs offer Mm -hmm. anywhere, but everybody's kind of looking at this and saying six one buck 90 already as a freshman, and you turn on the tape, and obviously the the change of direction. He probably we, we were talking about it before we started uh, rolling tonight, John. That here's somebody that's a freshman, and think back to yourself as a freshman in your walk of life. I mean, you're not, especially you know, you know, young women, girls grow faster, right, than, than men do. Uh, you know, boys, it's like sometimes there can be another growth spurt coming sophomore, junior, even senior year, but you're also, you're, you're kind of like awkwardly still trying to grow into that body. This kid's a freshman. He's six one one ninety, So it's like, he hasn't even fully gotten into uh, the young man that he's ultimately going to be. So obviously, I mean, the change of direction, the physical attributes, he's only going to get better, only going to get physically stronger. And uh, obviously he's got a lot to like about him already. Yeah. He, and I said this before we started recording too. He just reminds me a little bit of DeMarco Murray in some of that similar running style where he runs a little bit more upright, but he makes it work for him. And he does a really good job of planting his foot, getting in the ground and then getting in the hole and attacking the hole. He's, I mean, he's able to you know bounce off blockers, break tackles, make guys miss in the open field. There's a, a lot to like about this kid. And again, that's just based on what he did as a freshman. There's no telling what he's going to do as a sophomore. I saw a clip of him uh, that he posted on his own social media account on Twitter where he, he squatted 500 pounds back in August. That's pretty impressive. Uh, even at my physical peak, I was not you know squatting 500 pounds. I think the best I maxed out in the squat was like 350 or something like that. But uh, again, I was only 5'9", like 145, 155 as a high school freshman. So big difference, but... I mean, the kid is going to have incredible strength by the time he's done with his high school career. And it would not be surprising at all to see a whole host of power five offers roll in despite his commitment to Oklahoma. People are going to try and get in the game on this kid because he is very talented and he has such a, a high ceiling physically and with what he's able to do on the field.
Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. It's obviously great start to the 2026 class for Oklahoma. So uh, probably many of us weren't expecting a nope. commitment that quickly in the 2026 class, but uh, here you have it. And again, those uh, those classes down the road, John, it, it took a while in 23, 24 to get started. And I, I, if you're part of the everyday club, we love you. Thanks for being a part, listening to uh, your team every single day right here on the Locked On Network and obviously here with us, Locked On Sooners. You've heard me say this if you're an everydayer, but uh, it took a little while in 23, 24 to get those classes going and actually had the Sperry commit before you had anything in 24. And yet now we're starting to see the fruits of the labor, right? The relationships that have gotten fostered across uh, these different uh, coaching staffs and in these different states and obviously in the state of Texas. It's coming home to roost for Oklahoma where now the – the message is out there that this is a place that you want to go play for. And Oh, by the way, this is a coaching staff that uh, has a ton of respect. So Oklahoma starting faster in the 25 class in the 26 class. And I expect that uh, to continue, John, I don't expect that to be different now going forward, because again, you, uh, you kind of have some cachet with these different high school coaches and players on and on and on administrators. And Oh, by the way, it tells me another thing, which is people are buying into what OU is doing. And part of me wonders how much this is a Kevin Sperry effect as well, because we know he's an active recruiter, not only for his 2025 class, but I imagine because he was, again, he was there for the Iowa state game. I imagine he was also in the ears of some of the kids that are going to be coming after him in the 2026 class too, because those are going to be part of his teams in the future as well. So just fascinating, just a little nugget. I don't know how much he was involved at all, but if Based on what we've seen from Kevin Sperry since he committed to Oklahoma, it'd be surprising if he wasn't in Jonathan Hatton's ear as well to try and get him to commit to Oklahoma. I think, yeah, we're just going to see more and more dominoes in the 25 and 26 class fall over the next several years. I mean, we're two years, more than two years away from the early signing period for 2026. So they got to keep recruiting him, got to keep him on board a lot. I mean, things could change. It's a long time from now, but based on what we've seen so far, Man, it looks like Oklahoma's got their first commit in the 2026 class. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of the show and dealing with me as I'm losing my voice. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners or on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Follow Josh at Josh on Ref. Also listen to him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on the KRF Sports app. Follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can also read my work over at Soonerswire.com. And we'll, again, we'll have our crossover show with Jonathan Davis of Locked On Longhorns. A great dude, great follow. Go follow him at Johnzo Ball, uh, one of my favorite Twitter handles also. Uh, but just a great dude, very reasonable Longhorns follow. Go follow him over there. Uh, we'll talk with him for our Thursday episode, and then we'll be back to further break down this game as we get you ready for the Red River Showdown uh, in our Friday episode. But that's going to do it. Until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. Boomer Sooner.